I could feel an energy last night unlike anything else in television, in production, ever, which must mean WrestleMania and the end of WWE BJJ Week, sadly, we all wish it was year-round, has come and once again proving fighting way easier outside the cage. Go over to the WrestleMania ring. It is a lot easier. That means it's time for Verbal Tap. I am your host, Kevin, with me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, how are you doing? Kev, my childhood is dead. Oh, <laughs> we're just jumping straight to fifth gear. WrestleMania did something to your childhood? Yeah. What What happened? Talk us through it. I did. Obviously, you were watching. You also are doing a No Holds Barred podcast about WrestleMania, where if you want to hear more, click on over where you can hear Raph talking to Mike, what I do in jiu wings, and you're going to enjoy yourself. We're going to give you a little taste here and now, and we're going to start with Raph's childhood. What happened? This isn't the right taste. It's a podcast called Heel Section. It's very funny. You'll see the podcast probably go out by the time this comes out. That's not important. What's important, guys, is my childhood is dead. And why is it dead, Kevin? Why? The Undertaker retired. No! Well, Hold on again. No, he never retired once. He he's been going consistently. That WrestleMania is his thing. Like he had become a part timer where he was just like, "I will come back for uh, WrestleMania," and you just go, "All right, dude, whatever." How did he so, retire? I didn't see any crying kids. What the fuck? Where's well, the because pictures? Everybody kept everybody kept the crying on the inside. Everybody after uh, last time, everyone locked it up. <laughs> everyone was like, "I'm well, not going to be a part mind, of that meme." He lost already before so people were you know that's not like a huge thing he lost to brock lesnar and that was a few years ago so he's been doing these other matches and you would think like if he loses maybe he should just be done because that used to be his whole thing the streak must live and then the streak died and then for whatever reason he wanted to rebound and show he was still good so he did like three more matches none of which we needed last year it was like you were super old watching him and you just go like no dude this is we're good we don't need any more but The Undertaker, he's so committed. This might be the best character in all of pro wrestling. Why is he the best character? Because think about it. If you were to create a dead man character now, most people would go, really? His name is The Undertaker? And he works in what? A funeral parlor? And he wears a weird trench coat and a like Liu Kang hat for like Western-y kind of vibe? And he was at one point an American badass biker dude? who wears a bandit and like none of this computes or makes sense. But the undertaker was always so committed to character. He never really broke. He always told a story and he had a very, like when I say Western, he basically was like a Western movie. He's like the movie unforgiven where everybody has to get their due. And it, it, it was a very good approach to a character so much so that he felt very, very serious that he needed to go out on his shield. So he needed to lose in his last match. And people didn't know for sure this would be his last match. But they were... How did they signal it was his last match, Kev? Well, one, he lost. So he kind of got his wish there. Sure. And two, at the very end of it, like, for whatever reason, they cut to a highlight package when you think, like, oh, maybe they're just going to do the end here. No. Why are they waiting so long? Because he put back on his trench coat and his hat And what he did was, much like they do in wrestling or in MMA, he took off his gloves and he put them on the mat. Then he took off his trench coat. Then he took off his hat. And when he put them all on the ground, it was basically him shedding the character of The Undertaker in front of everybody. 
A lot of layers there, Kevin. Wow. That is, uh, I guess. And there were no tears? I'm about to start crying as you describe it. First of all, you sound hurt. Are you okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. And it, let me let me go ahead and bring this up to you people. Uh, my childhood isn't actually dead. I just want to bring this up because a lot of people are saying that their childhood is dead because the Undertaker is no longer wrestling. No, your childhood was just fine. You got to live in an era where the Undertaker was something you got to watch and experience. You saw him in a hell in a cell. You saw him throw off mankind off of high flying shit. You saw him put Stone Cold Steve Austin on a cross and raise it into the air. You saw him face every major person, have a streak for 21 years. Do you not remember any of these things, Kevin? Uh, I guess I might have tuned out during the years where they put him on a cross and raised him up. Yeah, there was the evil, uh, it was the evil, the Dark Undertaker, if you would, which is kind of an interesting conundrum to themselves. Yeah, if you look up... uh, he basically crucifixed, and not the jujitsu crucifix, but he did crucifix uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. They don't really talk about a whole bunch because that was the super attitude era of the WWE, um, or at the time the WWF, I believe. So anyway, Kevin, for all these reasons and more, it's sad, sure, but you know what's even sadder? Watching someone who looks hurt when they're wrestling continue to wrestle. It's like watching a fighter who doesn't know that they need to stop, stop. Yeah. trying to tell them, like, yeah. maybe you shouldn't do this anymore. With The Undertaker, he got to a point where they basically created an assist. You know when they, like, punch the guy on, like, the corner rope and they do, like, the count and the guy's, like, up against the ring post and they Boy, just, like, I. are counting away? Yeah. Okay. Oh, this so when that picture happens, is terrifying. Please describe what you just saw now. Oh, first of all, it says the Undertaker crucifies Stone Cold Steve Austin, and then it's uh, every bit of Stone Cold Steve Austin, mostly naked, bearing a a much more muscular resemblance to uh, Christ. Sure, uh, if you want to call it that. I mean, definitely a more Attitude Era There's a version huge, of Christ. It looks like he's being put to like a double-sided hatchet. It's very. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of metal involved here. Kevin was a different time. The 90s were a weird time for everybody. I believe this was so, 2012, but I'm with you. On that photo that oh, they're no, showing there? I don't know. I'm just, that was uh, no. me joking around. I don't know when it was. Right. So, don't joke about The Undertaker. He, he retired. And it's he was crucified once. It's very serious. He was crucified once. Everybody, guys, very serious. So as we look through all of these things, Yes, it does suck that a person there. But anyway, so when he got assisted over the side and he's getting punched, it's basically a way to cheat so that he can do a powerbomb. Now, Kevin, you've learned how to do a powerbomb this week, and you struggled with it in some ways. Yeah. And what did you learn about doing a powerbomb? A lot of upper body strength, and it uh, does help if you really whip them down as opposed to as opposed to just, like, dropping them. Sure. And – uh, proper technique it's all like you want to make sure you're not hurting your back so just imagine if you had gotten will all the way up and then you wanted to raise him because what the undertaker would do is kind of pick where the pockets are in like the pants and he would lift them up and then drop them down okay okay this one so the undertaker gets the assist the person's up there he gets the underneath like kind of like an underpass kind of a thing but he picks him up so he's already done the heavy lifting by already just being underneath him and then when he goes to lift him up, it went, nope. Oh, no, he's not going to lift him. Uh-oh. That's not good. And the Undertaker is, like, trying and struggling, and then he just kind of, like, just 
tosses Roman Reigns on his head. Which, by the way, Roman Reigns is not a beloved character in the WWE. He gets booed for everything. I have told you this before, but he got booed the previous years. So you can imagine how people felt about him retiring The Undertaker. And Kev... I definitely want to save a lot of the the A material for you guys going to listen to heel section, but I'll tell you this. They had a ginormous ramp that allowed people to go from like the top of the stadium and walk their way to the ring on the floor. I would imagine that's helpful for some of their more aged fighters. Well, then you would understand. You've seen The Undertaker walk out. That doesn't happen very quickly. No. And he makes a slow saunter all the way there. So I kept thinking, like, don't do that to him. Don't don't make him walk all the way. So what they did was they cheated him halfway and he got to rise on a platform. And it was nice. immaculate. It looked great. It was very theatrical, super dark. Everybody's just fucking feeling it. Well, when The Undertaker leaves, Kevin, so this is after he put his his trench coat down, his hat, his gloves and he finally breaks character and goes to like kiss his wife off screen and acknowledge her. They got him an but electric then scooter. He, like, no, they so didn't like, get an electric scooter, but however, that would have been great. Awesome. But when he made his way to the halfway point of where the stadium ends, he gets up, he looks back dramatically, he puts his fist in the air, and then they Terminator 2'd him, Kevin. No way. They like lowered him back down with the same little lever that they did to prop him up. So his fist was raised the entire time as he went down. And uh, I think that was the moment where if people weren't doing it, it was like, I'm not crying. You're crying. You shut up. You're crying. (laughs) No, it's bad. But for me, it was a giant sense of relief because I'm like, thank God. He gave us a few more WrestleManias than we deserved. He did this character from 1990, Kevin. I mean, that's 27 years of doing this. It takes a toll on a body because, uh, spoiler, yeah. it's not supernatural, guys. So <laughs> I'm glad for him. Plus, he's huge. So 27 mm-hmm. years, not like he's 5'10 and a yoga fanatic. I mean, he's a big dude. <laughs> so the, well, uh, yeah. And as you mentioned, like, look at basketball players, Kev. Yeah. You know, the tallness is their, their key to, like, being great at the sport. But then once they get, like, Shortens super their career. Old, yeah. So anyway, that was that side. Brock Lesnar beat Bill Goldberg, who I know is one of your favorites. Awesome. Fuck Brock Lesnar <laughs> for for even touching the Goldberg, who was very popular the two years I was watching. Absolutely. Uh, then let's see. Some other stuff. Shane uh, McMahon was credited as doing some jitsu, and I would say... Mm, <laughs> rap one of the more fervent benefit like would be willing to go out on a limb for this person is like yeah i don't know kev i want to tell you this this is an amazing says so the guy who's was facing was named aj styles so aj jumps on the ropes bounces off and the idea is he's going to kind of do like this forearm slash but he's supposed to get this great like air time so aj hits the mark perfectly and what it's supposed to go into is a triangle like he goes straight into Shane's guard and jumps straight into it and Shane's supposed to lock up the triangle AJ hit his mark perfectly and Shane didn't hit the triangle perfectly like he had to like struggle to get it and I go guys that's a WWE BJJ move if I've seen one that was amazing (laughs) but it didn't hit so there was that Um, other small little highlights just to let you guys know Stephanie McMahon is still the shit Uh, Triple H basically made his way to the ring in a terrible entrance with what looked like a motorcycle, but really looked like a kid riding a power wheel. (laughs) 
Uh, Chris Jericho is the fucking man. He put over Kevin Owens in a great match. Uh, Randy Orton faced Bray Wyatt in a match where they used the mat as kind of a PowerPoint presentation. And because Bray Wyatt kind of is like the Undertaker with supernatural abilities and likes to play psychology games with people, uh, they put like pictures of snakes and earthworms in there, and it just was really terrible. It looked god awful. It looked like they Peter got Pactor. at one point when Randy Orton was walking his way down. I wish it looked that good though, Kev. When Randy Orton was walking his way there, they they call him the Viper. So they had like a snake sauntering there, and it looked like the terrible CGI snake from Snakes on a Plane, and it was god awful. So there was a lot of that sort of stuff, and as a whole, like you know, wasn't that bad. It was kind of fun. To, to watch it. I always enjoy watching these. The high production value that they put into this is replicated by the UFC. No questions asked. And if I'm being so honest, it'd be nice to see Jiu-Jitsu get a little bit of love like this one day. One day I will make that happen. As soon as they do Kenya. the Royal Rumble Jiu-Jitsu style, we're going to be <laughs> set to go. I think we're going to get there. Oh, and another thing, Kevin. Do you remember the Hardy Boys? Uh, you mean the detectives or nope, that's no nope, nope. uh, right after your, your era yes there are two wrestlers super popular obviously uh yes but uh they returned yesterday so if you guys haven't seen that or heard it their uh, return back to the ring was fantastic and they participated in a ladder match kevin <laughs> so there's that uh anyway let's discuss now what was happening because obviously you guys can hear the rest of my thoughts and my buddy Mike's thoughts on uh, this year's WrestleMania on the other show. But let's talk about the real thing that affected us here on the podcast for an entire week. Kev, we have been, I mean, this is an effort that I think is probably going to earn us an MMA award. I think before anything else will, you have been on this for a few years. Mm hmm. WWE BJJ week your theory being there are enough WWE nerds that now do BJJ it turns out you were right uh, would you like to talk about the success of your efforts pretty good uh, right now we are standing at about I think like what 70,000 people who ingested our 20 videos so do you guys who tuned in and watched those and shared those or made them thank you so much we're gonna go down the line and just say a few thank yous because it's not just me that puts these together granted I uh, kind of come up with some of the moves and uh, it's really cool like, here and there i think people notice i i do man I and well no it's it's all their technique what are you talking about uh no I, I i engineer with uh some of the people who submit these things um some of the moves i come up with them and i i try to match up what i think people are good at with what i think would be really entertaining uh the only thing is is that if you are trying to submit a sharpshooter entry it's kind of mine so it better be really good. And Kev, what was this year's sharpshooter entry? It was a, a very beautiful deep half setup. You uh, deep halfed into a transition that is is getting better. Well, it's always been great, so it doesn't have to be any better. Really. Obviously, I mean, it's getting better, but I guess it's getting a little bit more. Hey, uh, hey, <laughs> where and, where did that one Kevin, come from? As Kevin can attest, as somebody who's been put in a sharpshooter a number of times, the move is effective, question mark? Very. Yeah. Okay. And where where is the pain in that move? Uh, either lower back or upper knee. Kind of depends on where the pressure comes, but the lower back will really start to get you. Yeah. So as you see here, it's a spine lock, and I tell people, you know, don't try this at home. But if you do, be nice to your training partners, friends. 
I only beat up Kevin because he's Kevin. And I think you understand I have good reason to do that. <laughs> but let's talk about some of the other moves. Let, what were some of your favorites, Kevin? I loved Brandon McCatherine's emotional and daring performance. As I as I saw, it was just a lot of levels. That guy, we need to get him in some community theater. Um, really enjoyed the trifecta of you and Joey. I thought that was a yes. fun. I'm excited to see uh, if you two continue your feud into next year. But I enjoyed the belts coming. Uh, you know, Vernon Kirk brought it this year. Throwing a nice, going high in his elevations. So- what Vernon Kirk did, just for you guys who want to know, and Brandon McCatherine did a, uh, a million dollar dream. Uh, it, it needs a little work, if I'm being honest, but the performance was great. Um, he went full heel, and I think that's an important thing to note because we all know how lovable, quote unquote, Brandon McCatherine is, but to see him go full heel is an experience. So there, you start off there, then all of a sudden you see uh, Kevin referring to, of course, uh, one of the ones submitted by Vernon Kirk, who did a Goldberg move, which is the jackhammer, raises what appears to be a young child in the air, no, I can't, and then like drops them down. That's, that's definitely yes. an, it's a big adult human. Yes. Might raises be. them into the <laughs> air and then drops them down with the Goldberg jackhammer suplex, but then doesn't finish there with a pin, decides to opt for a Americana. Love so it. that was a good one, too. I have to give a huge shout out to one Nico Radic who did a Ric Flair figure four. And that entry is so legit. I know he has pulled it off on people, and I need you guys to study that and share it because I feel that's going to be a real thing. And uh, Thor, of course, appears to be more than ready for this. Uh, does a nice, um, a good battle exchange, and then tries to Imanari roll and uh, ends up tapping. Just so it's it's good stuff. Thor it looked stuff. like they were he was getting put into a sharpshooter, not my sharpshooter, yeah, but there. like an okay one. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, then our good friend Mike Flatch did a uh entry into he did two this year so he did a darce ko which i was very proud of um but he also did one to the olympic hero kurt angle who was inducted into the wwe hall of fame who is an olympic hero has a slam referred to as the angle slam and uh hit it into a crash pad very nicely gets a pin and then maybe a little bit of a turn on that one but i do want to uh, go ahead and get kevin to talk about what his experience was putting together his own power bomb uh yeah (laughs) well this year you know raf it was time to get in the game throw Mm. some gym in so i had an idea not too recently someone was trying to double leg me and i was like uh it's illegal but how amazing would it be to just take this person and flip them over and slam them so we put a little video together over at jubera i had um accomplices because I talked through it with a few people. We marked it out, and uh, we did it after a little open mat. little. Two hours of open mat. What was their reaction when you pitched the move to them? Fortunately, several of them had been following uh, your bullshit the entire week. Otherwise, I think it would have been a harder sell. But there was definitely at least three people that were really just like, what are you guys working on? We're like, this isn't real technique. Ignore us right now. <laughs> First of all, how dare you? Please do not powerbomb anyone that <laughs> sinks in for a double leg. Uh, and I had a lot of fun. You know, I'm ready to challenge for it next year and step up my game. Yeah, we, we will definitely need to make some improvements on that. But, you know, it, it shows what's the it's opposite progress. of promise. It's progress. 
It's progress. Mm-hmm. Had some help from we Will Forbes. Say, had some well, Will Ryan. did a lot of that work. So if we're being honest, thank you very much, Will. You made that look very nice. Almost too nice, one might say. Uh, but let's do this. Let's go on over to our good friends at the Jiu-Jitsu After Dark podcast. If you guys haven't heard their latest one, uh, they had a very nice discussion on how it actually came to be. At one point, uh, I believe it's Chris who brings up on their show. He was like, well, Raph, you know, is obsessed with putting these together. And I was like, there's no real obsession with it. It's just it's where my brain goes when you do jujitsu. And then it became, well, prove me right, everybody. Can you do these moves? And I love how creative they get. They get more and more creative every year. So to see the more legit transitions uh, it becomes all the more encouraging. But to their credit, man, they talked about it, and they they really did say, they're like, no, a lot of people are into this. Um, they seem to have a lot of fun. So we obviously want to say a thank you to them for cutting out a video as well. Uh, my thanks to everybody at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, because holy shit, the moves that they helped me do this year were amazing. Uh, Joey House, in particular, was a good sport. Uh, our good friend Drew Maria was always uh, very, very encouraging. Eric, always very funny, enjoying the darts as well. Um, but I also want to shout out the Systems Training Center guys. Kev, can you talk us through that technique as well? Uh, let me scroll down. What did the Systems – I remember the Systems video. I don't remember the exact technique. They did the Oma Plata. Yeah, so I've, I want to compliment out the fact that there's been a lot of really good jiu-jitsu in this year's. And the systems guys, I, I'm sorry, I'm still trying to scroll to the video. I don't remember. How the fuck am I supposed to describe with just that, by the way? About, it's okay. It <laughs> it's happens. Like, I don't know I'm the moves. Go ahead and take the I don't know the moves ahead. when I'm watching them, let alone that when they true. come. You can keep asking me. I still, I'm, I'm close. That's fine. I'm going to go ahead and shout out also our good friends, uh, Chase and Damien, for doing uh, their kind of recreation, kind of, I say, quote unquote, of uh, the Leandro Lowhold a.k.a. the ankle lock, also paying tribute to the Olympic hero. We also had a arm drag from our friends Gilbert and Juan Bernardo. And uh, I also had to send a big shout-out to our good friends over at the House of Gyms. They have a tournament going on, by the way, this April 8th, Saturday, over in Orange County. It's $40, guys, for the guys and $30 for women. They have extended their pre-sale, so get in on that if you're looking for a competition out in Orange County. But I taught him my legitimate breakdown into the crossface crippler from Turtle. And I will tell you guys, I have hit many people with that. And people always hate the fact that I get that move. But I am nice enough not to crank, unless they're Kevin. Well, okay, um, I'm staring at the systems one. There's also some good punching sound effects. What is the move on that? Is that the crippler crossface with a... That's what you would want to think. It is actually referred to as the yes lock, which is a variation of the Oma Plata. Nice. And that Daniel Bryan used to do that as his finisher, and mm-hmm. it was always a lot of fun. I also want to thank the guys over at uh, King's Combat Center. Uh, the guys who helped me with that one were so funny. And I, I, it's one of my favorite ones because there's a music drop that happens in there with a foreign object. Cause somebody asked me, like, did you use a foreign object in one of these? And I was like, oh, we did. So you I hit people with a chair. It was brilliant. It was one of my favorite things to do because I great. like who hits people with chairs and uh, a big shout out over as well to our good friends. Hold on. This last couple ones are coming in. Kevin's mind was obviously amazing. Uh, but Mike Acosta, who helped us with uh, what's referred to as a crossface chicken wing in the gate. And. 
this is also the part I like about this. <laughs> people are like, oh, how do you get people to do it? It's like, no, they're into it. That's why they're, uh, they're sending ref the videos. They're all about it. That's what's great. Yeah, it's not hard to convince people to do these things more and more now because now the worst part is, is there are some prominent athletes who want to participate, but they feel their WWE BJJ isn't good enough that's understood. or they get a little nervous. And I yeah, understand well, that, guys, but that's what I'm here for. But I also want to send one more shout out and perhaps the biggest shout out to our friend Sam Cresson. So Sam is a wonderful artist. He's also a great catch wrestler. He's a jiu-jitsu black belt. Uh, just amazing dude. And I asked him to submit one. And he crushed it. He did a break from guard, which is a Cesaro swing. So you lift the person up out of guard. You swing them around. And then you turn it into the Boston Crab. And I know enough about his style of rolling that he actually does that to the people he helps uh, train with or the people who are his training partners. Like, he's, he's rough, around. man. <laughs> he's a legit catch wrestler. Like, he's he's got some good wrestling to him. Uh, but he did something a little extra that I didn't expect. So if you guys happen to see the graphic that was at the very end, the animated, uh, p- picture what of what I later found was myself, uh, putting one person in a sharpshooter while also putting another person in a, a single leg Boston crab It is well done. He made an animated, uh, closure for it. So I cannot thank him enough. It's I did not fantastic. ask him to do that. It really it's, is great work way better than what we deserve and you know we always try to acknowledge the people who do nice things for us but that was an especially nice gesture and i asked him i was like dude i can't believe you did that he's just like dude i love what you guys do i think it's cool and i hope you use it i hope you like it's it amazing. i was like it's like really like well is yeah too small of a word um so i just want to make sure that you guys go follow him i mean he has world's deadliest which is his form of artwork uh, he does a whole bunch of really great, cool things. He also has like a pro wrestling comic book. So go look up all those things. Go tell him thank you. Uh, we're going to post up his picture, I think, a little bit later this week. But feel free to share it. I just think it's one of the raddest things I've seen. And it is a true uh, recognition of where this little movement that we've done has come from. Because to me and Kevin a few years ago, it was just me putting Kevin in a sharpshooter in a video or in a photo and saying, <laughs> Kev, I think people like this. And Kev going, you're really sure? And I go, oh, I'm positive. (laughs) So you guys have not only proven me right, but uh, you now are entertaining the both of us. Because when we get these videos sent in, we're sharing them with each other and we're just laughing the entire time. And really, isn't that what this is all about? We take jujitsu so seriously. So we're just happy to contribute something that makes you guys have fun for a change and just uh, not approach the, the sport as silly as it is. Because here's the other thing. All those people who talk about us on the memes, whenever we put up a pro wrestling one with MMA and are like, oh, you can't put those two things in the same sentence. I got news for you. You can. And in some ways, some of those moves you look at, I have a lot of people who said, I'm going to drill that move. And that makes me the happiest. Oh, and our good friend Drew. Drew Weatherhead also did an amazing one. Uh, I want to shout him out of Because Jitsu. Really funny. uh, Fujiwara armbar. And uh, I'll let you guys know. White belts, look out for that one. It's a deadly one. <laughs> so anyway, that's just why we wanted to conclude the WWE BJJ week with a nice, happy note. Uh, we look forward to already doing it next year, and we have a lot of people who say they want to get in on it. But to everybody who did contribute, and if I missed you, I'm very sorry. But please know all of your contributions were wonderfully appreciated over this week. And 
with all that positivity now behind us, it's time to move to some over-under Kevin. For some good old-fashioned sure. UFC 210, Daniel Cormier versus Anthony Johnson. Let's do it. You're ready? You're ready to move past? I want to congratulate you. Uh, mm-hmm. Another fantastic WWE BJJ week. Even as uh, even as not someone who's a hater, maybe more so publicly, uh, these videos are spectacular. It's just, it's like, oh, it's fantastic. I love the creativity. The but best like compliment you, could, you can pay me, though, Kevin, is you going, hey, I want to, I think I'm going to make one this year. Oh, are you? <laughs> and you go, I, and I even asked Kevin, I was like, what's the move you're doing? And he goes, I just, I want to surprise you. I just want to throw it at you. It's the first year. I wanted to leave you a little suspense. It's like, I'm going to do this. I'm sending one. But you know that my biggest worry is I'm like, he's going to hurt himself or somebody. I care more about other people than you. You were mildly nervous. My knee was just going to straight pop halfway through the video, which I contend would have really added to the, especially if someone came in and hit me with a chair. Because you hurt your knee, and you said you like power bombs. I can put the two things together, Kevin. So that's why I immediately was just like, Kev, what are you thinking? What are you planning? And you're like, oh, I'm just going to do this move. No no rush, man. I got it. I'm like, he's going to do a fucking power bomb. (laughs) God damn it. Well, great work, not despite my best efforts, and uh, Mm. I'm looking forward to it again next year. So it's good as me to see. Kev, it's been an interesting time for your UFC picks. Every time that we come back and approach this, we get back to the drawing table. Winning streak. Are you in a winning streak? I'm not sure if you were. I don't know if streak's the right word. I definitely won the last one. Let's just call it that. That's all I remember. Who'd you beat on that last one? You know, the competition's been so so (laughs) elevated. It was nice to take Uh a break with T.P. Grant. So, uh, you know, well, beating T.P. Grant is pretty easy because he is an author from Chicago and out in the Illinois area. So I thought, Kev, one of the things that we hate, what is one of the things that we hate on the show? Just as a location? Yeah, well, just as a thing. I mean, location. (laughs) Even when we were talking about Chicago, I feel like we were like, "Eh, it's not Ohio. Right. (laughs) So I thought, why not continue that thread by bringing you somebody who's familiar with Ohio, lives in Ohio, is also an author. I'm not going to say better than T.P. Grant, but he uses his full name, unlike T.P., which I'm just saying, not a real thing. Okay. Uh, but anyway, he is uh, he's somebody you guys have seen. He writes a whole bunch of articles. You might have seen him in the Jiu-Jitsu Times. You might have seen him for Jiu-Jitsu Magazine writing in there, Jiu-Jitsu Style, many other outlets as well. Uh, he's also an active competitor on the scene. He's also very active on talking shit if you get a thread going. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to our podcast here, Emil Fisher. Emil, how are you doing, man? I'm fantastic. Thank you for asking, Ralph. I I do ask this because I am fascinated how many threads do you get involved with on a day just in of terms of, of stirring a pot? Because you do seem to enjoy doing that. All of them. Every, every last one. Cause there are some moments where like I go away and if I go away to train for like, you figure like an hour, I don't look at my phone. There have been some threads that I've seen you connected on that. I was like, Holy shit. There's like a hundred messages on here. Uh, if you're on uh, any Tom to post let's just say that <laughs> yeah i like messing with todd schaefer yeah oh toddy toddy's good people i love the shit out of toddy you'd be nice he to is him. fantastic 
Um, but but I do notice that. Is there any approach to what you're going to include yourself in, or do you just get bored, or wh- where does your process come from, sir? Uh, generally, it's uh, I find a shithead mm-hmm. that I, I want to bother, and <laughs> I bother them, and I just I see where it goes. Or lately, what I've been doing is I like to join in on threads, making fun of articles that I've written. And, and I oh, like that's fun. There. That's a nice sleeper. That's a, Good sleeper potential. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. I, I mean, this we've wanted to have you on the show for a while, but this kind of comes together as a nice hybrid of know, things. We're going to get to talk about. the right word. Raph, I'm just oh, Ohio. <laughs> Don't be rude to him yet, okay? We're, oh, we're going to get to the game. And yeah, we get to the game. That's when you need to bring it. Uh, I wanted to say this because, Emil, I guess more than most other writers, you have a prankish nature that you like to do every year on April Fool's Day. Now, you don't know this, but this is what the, I guess, ripples of what you do cause. People come to me and they ask me if your articles are true on April 1st. (laughs) Would you like to say the articles you have written on April 1st for this year and last year, please? Well, this year, uh, April 1st was... uh... Gordon Ryan has, has quit competition, no gi competition jujitsu, and has abandoned Henzo Gracie team and is opening a certified Gracie training center. Uh, <laughs> he's getting his combative self. And last year was Eddie Bravo buys Metamorph. Okay, you motherfucker, you need to listen here real quick. You've cost Raph a lot of time and energy. Emil, you motherfucker, you started this whole thing of putting out the Metamorris article, which then got regurgitated again for whatever reason, like two oh, yeah. months ago. <laughs> and when that happened, I looked down and I go, guys, this is probably putting the biggest smile on his face. Like, that's what you have to know. It comes uh, back so, now. Like, you still have... I'd, <laughs> I've seen you at least... Uh, I mean, Twitter alone, like, you've Facebook corrected it many times, but Raffle will routinely be like... It's not real. I know who wrote it. It's a very good joke. <laughs> and people just struggle with it. It's a true testament to how you wrote it. That people, if you read it, it's pretty clear, but it's funny how you wrote it. But I just love the fact that people are like, Raph, is that, is that whole Metamorphs thing true? My instructor asked me about that, and that one hurt a little bit. Yeah, the first time I did it, my instructor sent me a text message saying, Emil, what are you doing? Well, you're hurting your credibility. We know this is not true. And I said, look at what date it is in the calendar. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That is a, a very easy uh, way to go ahead and acknowledge that. Well, obviously, you're writing stuff on there. I do want to talk about your super fights because you are an active competitor. I see you all the time on the Instagrams. You're basically putting up match highlights, and they're awesome, dude. I mean, I have to also give you some shit about this because you're too good for being a writer. You have to understand, when you're us and you write and you have a media personality, we're not supposed to be good at this. Tolerable at best. That's the agreement. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I figured that I, I honestly, I realized at a certain point that if I was writing and talking shit on the internet and I wasn't somewhat semi-proficient on the mat that it was all just a, a facade. And I, I, I hate that. I hate it when people put on a front 
and pretend. And I hate people that like go to a tournament, enter a two man bracket, take second place and go, I won silver. I, I just, it, it hurts me. <laughs> so I, I wanted to be the one that, you know, was able to say, no motherfucker, you took, you took two out of two man bracket. And I wanted to ha- be able to have the skills to back it up. So I try to train as much as I write. Ugh, boring. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm just over it. And you're just, you're making the rest of us all look bad. So I don't need that in my life, but kudos to you for your, your training and uh, your, your attribution to all of that. Kev, do you have questions here? Because you've never met Emil before. So this is, this is a new human being. I know you're familiar with his work, but what are your thoughts going on right now? Cause you're going to have to take him on very shortly. Well, he sounds confident, which bothers me mm-hmm. just in general. Mm-hmm. Cause that's uh, usually if I can smell some fear now when they're talking about themselves, that it's going to really correlate into the fight picking. Uh, I also took the liberty of watching one of his matches on YouTube while we were just doing <laughs> that little back. Uh, so right now, chief concern is pretty creative with his heel hook attacks. Um, mm-hmm. Caught somebody with the opposite leg and then, you know, went to the other one. Nice work. But I also can sense uh, he's <laughs> in my he's in my world now. This isn't oh, print media. So. This isn't a media that uh, died 27 years ago. It's not April <laughs> Fools. It's close. Uh, this is my day, and we're in podcasts later. now, right? Like Serial took over. Well, Emil, I'm waiting for your response on that one, sir. I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, um, yes, today is April 3rd. Congratulations. I'm just saying, Emil, here's the thing. What's signaling here to us is you need a keypad and a keyboard to be addressing Kevin. So I'm going to give you a second. Just don't worry about it. You're going to get your shit talking together. Um, Kevin, what would you like to expect from his super fights? And when do you think that they're happening? And where do you think that they're happening? Well, I know he's doing some fight to win pro stuff. And I expect otherwise, based off of what he was just talking about, Emil, you kind of sound like you'll fight in a shed if somebody asks you nicely or just sends you a letter. Yes. Uh, yeah, so, no, I, I would actually, I would, I would fight my own mother in the kitchen if there was a medal involved. want to be super wow. clear. If she's also <laughs> trained in jiu-jitsu, I'd watch that match. Nope. Yeah. Oh, well. Nope. <laughs> I'd subscribe to that match's Twitter feed. How's that? <laughs> I love that. All right. Well, Emil, where are you? So you've got fight to win. Which number one is that one? 32. Cleveland, 32. Ohio. Okay, great. Ohio. And uh, do you know who you're facing out that way? Does it matter? I do. I Go. do. Uh, his name is Gary Hashman. Very tough. Very, very tough purple belt. I've gone against him twice in the past at other tournaments. And uh, he was a very tough opponent. I got my work cut out for me. That's awesome. That's very good to hear. And then you've also got one going on with the Global Grappling League, and that is in New York. Tell us about that match as well. I'm going up against Mike Mudicelli. He is a Bellator vet. Ooh. He is six foot five Jeez. and is a BJJ brown belt. Gross. And how tall are you and what is your weight? I'm six foot one. I'm about 200, 205 pounds, depending on but they're not as desiccated yet in the day. And okay. I, um, I'm a purple belt, just a purple belt. No, you're not just a purple belt. You're quite good, but you're also, uh, 
an aficionado for donuts. Every time I see a photo of you uh, repping out your sponsors, there's a picture of you eating a donut, and I'm like, well, Amy Joy Donuts. Amy Joy Donuts out of Cleveland, Ohio, is the greatest donut company in the world, and uh, they they've been so kind they uh, to us uh, to sponsor me, and I I can't help myself with their apple fritters. I That's genius. But yeah. is that like we need to talk about this? It's fruit, right? You're sponsored by a donut place because Ohio. I, I get it. And I think that's amazing. It's actually but, been done before by other people. Like I know that uh, LeBron the James. guy who's in, oh, I was waiting for it. The I'm guy sorry. who's involved in uh, what's it called that 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 tournament down in Texas, the Jiu Jitsu Kumite. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys have heard of this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they. I think that guy either owns or is involved in something with donuts, and and he is always posting about donuts. And Submission Series Pro, based up in Canada. Okay. He's always sponsored by Donaire, which is a uh, Canadian donut company. So the donuts probably suck as they're Canadian. Oh my god! Oh, gee, yeah. oh, oh! Sorry to our Canadian audience over here. You got the guy from Ohio talking shit about you, and I just don't know if that computes. <laughs> London is waiting. That's our second fair, largest Ohio market. Kind of, where are you guys? Where are you guys from? Uh, listen, uh, Kevin. Why don't you take where you're born and raised from? Uh, born in Northern California, parents moved. Still something we talk about when I was two to Kansas. Uh, raised me there. Kansas. Yeah. Kansas. That's how you I know. You're from Ohio and you're from fucking Kansas? Well, ask me where I am now. Where, where, where are you now? Not fucking Kansas. Left. Went to D.C. <laughs> now I'm in Denver, Colorado. Maybe you can learn Denver, something Colorado. from that. I'm just My, saying. Mile you know. high. Yeah. The mile high city. As soon as I became an yeah, emancipated yeah. adult, I got the F out of Kansas. Yeah, so you, if you're from Kansas, you're from Kansas, though. Yeah. So I'm Kevin's sorry, from Kansas. Kansas. Hey, I'm born. You have no room. You have no room to make fun of me for, for being from or living in Ohio. Again, dude, he got out of there. He knew exactly what he was doing. I've driven through Unlike Ohio. You, you're like, I got out of here and I came back. House oh. prices are fantastic out here. Oh, good for you, man. But you got to live in Ohio. It's a trade-off. I'm born and raised in Los Angeles. Lived out in Kentucky for a little while. Lived out in Illinois for school but came directly back to the Los Angeles area because best coast. So I'm just saying these things. I understand what okay. it's like to be from a place that's actually cool where a lot of good things happen. But listen, it's not about me and you. It's about you versus Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, why don't we go ahead and play the game of over under Kevin? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to our show. If this is your first time listening to us for this particular uh, segment that we do on the show, it's called Over Under Kevin. The rules are pretty simple here, people. What we do is we like to preview every UFC pay-per-view by bringing on a guest to take on Kevin's UFC's picks. So when that happens, we give each contestant 15 seconds to say who they think is going to win in every match. We like to go ahead and see if Kevin can beat the layman. Almost if he can every beat time. the expert. Um, no, statistically, it's not really a good winning percentage, but 2017 and statistics don't matter. You know that God facts are, it's an alternative statistic. Feelings are facts. I know that. I know that now, but Hey, the way it works, if I so feel like giving them rebuttal time, they have 15 seconds to go ahead and insult one another or insult each other's picks. Uh, at the very end, the basic winner will be selected by whoever gets the most correct 
out of the 12 or so fights that we have here. Gentlemen, do you both understand the rules? Kevin? I understand, and I plan to thrive in my disregard of them. Absolutely not. And Emil, do you understand and compute what these rules are? Indeed, I do. All right, this is great. Gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and start off in the featherweight category. We rarely get this far. (laughs) Normally, (laughs) we have to stop, go back over the rules. Uh, You know, we're growing. Everybody's growing. It's a fairly simple game, but let's go ahead and go with this. All right, it is a featherweight match between Miles Jury versus Mike De La Torre. Kevin, I'm putting 15 seconds on the clock for you to go. Anytime I approach a fight, I think to myself one question. Which of these names would be a better character in the next Fast and the Furious movie? That's easy. Mike De La Torre is my pick. El Susie. All right. I'm not sure that that actually makes sense for that one because the other name's pretty good too. Emil, what do you got for us? 15 on the clock. Uh, you got Miles Jury. Um, the guy's a black belt in BJJ versus Mike Delatoria blue belt. Good pick, Kevin. Good job, buddy. Miles Jury, Jake. Miles Jury for you. Okay. Okay. Now, Emil, I have to ask this. Kevin was saying that De La Torre sounds more like he would be. I'm sorry. Kevin, did you save De La Torre for your pick? Yeah. Fast and the Furious. Next character. Yeah. You're saying that he has the more Fast and the Furious like name? Yes. Against somebody named Miles Jury. Miles, Miles Jury sounds Jury. like a fake name that like Vin Diesel created and goes, I'm going to arrest you against a guy named Miles Jury. It's going to be great. <laughs> Mike De La Torre sounds like Torres, which is their last name. That's as simple mm-hmm. as Vin does it. You're giving him way I don't think, I don't, listen, and, no, Vin is, he's layered. He's got class to him. Watch the new Triple X movie and say that sentence again to me. You have to watch I, the new one, and then you can say that's it. He's lame. Watch the first one. That would have been 15 years ago, right? The, the old one was out in like 2002, give or take. Yes. I, I think that was enough, though. I think, I think that was enough. Gotcha. It was I think you should have quit after problems. Boiler Room. You should watch the most recent Triple X. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Avil, he does have so an adorable you... face, though. Yeah. Well, you think he has an adorable face. Uh, I have to ask this. You've gotten to hear, you know, I've asked Kevin about you. Now I'm going to ask you about Kevin. What are your first instincts about Kevin? Just having now talked with him and now talked a little shit about him. I, I think he's kind of a weak person, but that's okay because he's from <laughs> Kansas. Kevin? Uh, if I were anything from Kansas and I were weak, I would be in denial about it and pretty advocate about my Second Amendment rights. I train jiu-jitsu. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> I don't need guns. I've got hard-working <laughs> got biceps. Wow. The dumbest. All I've right, got hard-working biceps. Match. Please, no one let that be said at my funeral. <laughs> Shut up. There's, yeah, been a lot, there's been a lot that's out there. Go on. Let's go to our next fight. It's a featherweight match as well. Emil, you're going to lead us off on this. It's Charles Rosa versus Shane Burgos. Go. I don't know who either of these people are. I'm going to go ahead and go with Shane Burgos because Charles Rosa sounds like a woman's name. Okay. All right. He's taking the sounds like a woman angle. Kevin, what do you have for us? Uh, First of all, he's also taking the more feminine tattoos candidate. And I'll be taking... Charlie's nickname, Boston Strong Rosa, 
Because I'm going with the 11 and 2 abs and the broad face. Uh, is he really Boston Strong? That is his nickname. It's Boston Strong. Charles Russell. No. Ugh. I agree. No, anyway, Shane hey. the Hurricane Burgos. Shane the Hurricane? Jesus. These are terrible nicknames. Emil, do you have a nickname? Uh, No. Okay, because normally they're not supposed to be endearing. They're supposed to be given to you by your training partners. And I'm just surprised that your training partners have gone this far without giving you some kind of grief like that. Well, if you were one of my training partners, you'd know why. Oh, God. What the fuck? Do you kidnap them? Like, what the shit is that mean? <laughs> I didn't quite follow the tone. like you have them in your basement there. And I was just like, I don't know what that means, it but all right, Riddler. more good sexual and weird than it did, but... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, on that note, let's go to our next fight. It is a lightweight bout between Will Brooks versus Charles Oliveira. Kevin, what do you got for us? I'm trying to remember if Oliveira has fucked me recently. I don't think he has. But I'm still going to take this. I'm going Will Brooks. I feel like I've been down the Oliveira chain, and I want to go for an underdog. 18-2, okay. W. Bree. All right, shut up. All right, let's go on over to Emil. What do you got for us? Uh, well, Charles Oliveira's Brazilian versus an American MMA. Generally, the Brazilian tends to win. I hate to say it's it, racist. True. I don't like his. Oh, uh, I don't. Yeah. Maybe we'll okay. <laughs> Hold on, Kev. Big question to you though, Kev. Uh, why does Emil hate America? Uh, Ohio. I get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they voted against it in the most recent election. They seem to be pretty up uppity about America. I understand. Jesus. All right, uh, Emil. Any response to that? To be entirely fair, if I were from Kansas, I would love America too. Wait, like, hold, can't yeah. underline how much I don't live there now. I just. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I do love I do I, I I happen to love America, which was why I voted libertarian. Just to be clear, there you go, Raf. I was not I was not part of the Trump will still decision. You're part. Yeah, of it the... is pretty fun to watch uh, Emil's uh, posts because the the nice part about a libertarian is that they'll literally just be like, "Yeah, you're right. Fuck this guy." Oh, yeah, you're right. Fuck this guy. All right, cool. I'm going to stay over here and just watch you guys hate each other. Who are you for? Uh, some gas bag with a joint over there that doesn't know what the Department of Education does. Oh, well, fuck you then. It's <laughs> usually how the rest of us. Well, do you know what the Department of Education does? Yes, I do. I sure don't. I used to work for them a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, they make go. sure uh, states like Alabama can't teach that slavery was an industry. They uh, <laughs> can't call it. A war of northern aggression. That's what the Department of Education used to do. I mean, slavery, contract killing, the crimes against humanity, they're they're technically industries. And we're going to sweep them all out of the textbooks. What's that, Rat? Do you want to go on before we continue this discussion? Me, me too. Okay, let's go to our flight weight bout between Janelle Lewusa or whatever and Mogamed Batilavav. And Emil, you're going to start us on off on this one. Mogamed what? Yes. Mogamed Bogolov. That's the guy you want. Russia. The Bulatov. I'm going with Mogamed Bogolov because let's be honest, if he grew up with a name like that, he's probably awesome. Okay, good enough. Kevin, do you confer or do you say no? Well, I would point out again to our Ohio friend who's uh, obviously up on culture. 
Magomed is Russian, so a lot of the people probably had a name like he did. I'm going with Janelle Losa. And for one simple reason, Raph, you know what his nickname is? What? Question to you two. What's the greatest Sly Stallone movie ever? Tango and Cash. Uh, okay. Thank you. One of you is sober. It's the Demolition Man starring he and Wesley Snipes, which is... Over the top. Janelle, oh god, the really boring movie about a trucker. I think Judge Dredd, the Demolition Man, clear. Nightcrawler. Uh, that was Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, Nightwing. No, that's there a different one. No, he was in a one called Nightwing. I know there was another one. I was like, he had a one that was like a comic book name that wasn't a comic book. Yeah, just just just, just so you know, I just I just did a quick little bit of looking. Magomed Bibulatov is uh, thirteen and L, and Janelle is seven and two. Yeah, I'm taking it purely. I can't not pick the Demolition Man. That's that's. Uh, sorry, this is bigger than all of us. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, I'll let's say it. this. You don't allow anything, Emil. This is my fucking moderator <laughs> job. Uh, let's get to our next one. It is a light heavyweight bout between Patrick Cummins and Jan Blackowakowicz. Kevin, you start us off on this. Uh, I'm taking Brockovich. Because uh, Patrick orgasms in his little slight way he got into the UFC, I'm I'm less impressed every time he goes out. I'm taking Jan, because uh, anyone with like a Polish upbringing, tougher. Mm. Just tougher. All right, Mill, what do you got? You know, I'm kind of on a toss up on this one. I'm going to say Cummins just because of the fact that he his last name's Cummins, and that's kind of funny to me. <laughs> Durkin right. is his nickname. His teammates were definitely present during his nickname. Uh, it's Patrick 100%. Durkin Cummins. Is that just his middle name? No, it's his nickname. It's like, okay. Uh, all right. We're going to our next bout. It is a welterweight fight between Kamaru Yusman and Sean Strickland. Emil. Um, I'm going to go with Kamaru Usman just because of the fact that his name is Kamaru Usman. Okay. And let's be honest. That's a pretty friggin' awesome name. And his nickname is Nigerian Nightmare. Oof. Yeah, that does sound <laughs> a little bit more intimidating. Although I do love the fact that, like, I have to say this, Kevin, if we're being honest, you can't talk shit on this, but Emil's picked up the really big, important aspect of this game, which is I don't know this guy, but his name's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which uh, is a big favorite early. way of picking on this show, if we're being honest. So having said that, Kevin, who are you picking on this one? 15 go. You know, I struggle with this. Obviously, Nigerian Nightmare has a really awesomely terrifying background. There's also quite a few decisions because this is the made of rubber category. But I'm going to go ahead and double down Sean Strickland. Okay. Tarzan. This is one of my fight of the night picks. (laughs) Thank you, Emil. (laughs) He's an accomplished actor, too, people. Mills is not just a great I mean, they know. They obviously have sure. They obviously could hear it. Um, I'm going to put 30 seconds. No, not 30. I'll put this one as 20. 23 seconds on the clock for this middleweight contention fight. It is Chris Weidman versus gay guard Musasi. And we're going to start with Kevin. I don't know how Chris Weidman got wider, but he he did somehow. Uh, I'm going to take Musasi, and here's why. Fuck Gary Tonin. Fuck the whole East Coast. 
It's the time of Masasi. I left that place too, and I'm doing some pretty declarative lines. I just haven't liked the way Weidman's looked. Okay. That's fine. That happens. Uh, let's go to our next one. And, Emil, I'm going to go ahead and put 15 on the clock. Who do you got in this fight? Um, well, Weidman, of course. I mean, you can't bet against America, Kevin. He's also learned a valuable lesson too, which is where what it does not matter how you pick thus far with what you say. I like it early. <laughs> yeah, Emil's a formidable opponent. Is he? Uh, do you feel the same way, Emil? That I'm formidable. Oh, that Kevin's formidable. Sh- should we explain what oh, formidable Kevin's means? Kevin's formidable. It's Ohio. Oh yeah, that's right. Kevin, formidable. Kevin. Kevin formidable. I. I mean. I'm definitely not spelling. Yeah. <laughs> Emil, what would be your strategy of uh, taking on Kevin just based on his words if this were a grappling match? Just the way he sounds. What does based he sound like? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would uh I would employ the age old strategy of assuming north south on him and just farting repeatedly. Hmm. Interesting. You you really bring out that Ohio wind. And what are we time. gonna do when I get an erection halfway through the match, Emil? How are we gonna deal with that? <laughs> I have no idea. Well, <laughs> keep up with your no. strategy, buddy. <laughs> Let's do this. We're going to our next fight. It is uh, Thiago Alves versus Patrick Cote. Emil, you go first. I'm going to have to go with Alves because okay. Cote is French. Ooh. Canadian. Okay. French Canadian. Okay. How old is yet. Thiago? It's a good question. He's okay. Thirty-three. Uh, I'm going. You know what? I'm going to err on the side of the beast with this one. I'm also taking Thiago Alves on a pure age discrimination situation. That's fair. We allow that in America right now. That's great. Let's go to our next one. It's a women's bantamweight fight between Caitlin Shook again and Irene Aldana. Yeah, thank you. I love that one, too. I Actually, when I saw that one, I was like, I know exactly how I want to read that one. Kev, what do you got for us? Okay, I want to talk to the whole team that helped nickname Caitlin. It's just Blonde okay. Fighter. And I, nice job, guys. <laughs> what, did you point at her? It was like, Blonde Fighter? Done. <laughs> I will be taking the Blonde Fighter uh, as one myself. Fair enough. Well, <laughs> no, don't, don't buzz that. that. <laughs> I'll buzz whatever the fuck I want. It's my show. All right, let's go to the next one uh, with Emil. Who do you pick on this one, Caitlin or Irene? Fifteen for you. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to agree with Kevin on this one for once. Because I think, that, uh, I think simply put, that Irene is just just not a good pick for this. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Do you feel like terrible having like? Brown come hair. to the same conclusion oh. as Kevin has made here. I, I do. I feel. I feel ashamed of myself. I feel ashamed of my jujitsu, and I feel ashamed of MMA for having put me in this position. Me too. Fair enough. Yeah. We often say that ourselves. Kevin, I got another fight for you in All a right. second, but I'm going to let Emil say this one first. It's a lightweight bout between Josh Emmett and Desmond Green. Emil, you go first. I'm going to go with Desmond Green. That's a pretty badass sounding name. Okay. Kev, what do you got for us? Yes. Sadly, Desmond Green is not pictured. So it's really difficult Uh when you can't see someone's abs, obviously. And he is from Rochester, New York. 
I'm going to go for pure tattoo's sake the other way. Give me Josh Emmett. Okay. Fair enough. He's a very... All right, it's about I mean, let, 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 let's be honest, though. Serious mm. tattoo. If you grew up in Rochester, New York, you know how to fight. 100%. Both the weather and for groceries. <laughs> and people in general. Yeah. Okay. It's, 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 it's Rochester, New York. Plus, plus Rochester is like an hour from Buffalo. That Important fact to know. That's and that's just free. Sleep in his bed that night. Yeah. Uh, if you want to leave a five star reviews for some of our more innate geography lessons, you can and give Emil the credit. That's perfectly fine by us. If you give us five stars and say, "Hey, Emil, I learned a lot about geography <laughs> that day. Thanks, Rock, guys." But you know, with the internet, guys, they'd it's, be it's like, geom- "It's geometry, okay? It's geometry." <laughs> they'd would hundred percent be like, "It's actually an hour and fifteen minutes." Four stars. <laughs> Especially once they get down to it, they're just like, you know, I haven't learned this much uh, about geology, geometry. Which one is this Theology. one? Geology. 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 It's, the, it's geometry, death for sure, since the Animaniacs, guys. So there is that. All right, let's look at this. Before we go to this next fight, it is important, and let's be serious here for a second because we're dicking around, and that's important to do as well. But, Kev, we do bets on this. Do we not? Yeah. Yeah. Now, we know that, obviously, Emil, you're a jiu-jitsu writer, so we know that you don't make any money. So we don't bet money. This is more personal. What are some of the bets that we've done in the past, Kevin? Well, T.P. Grant, whom is a writer and a very fervent tweeter during the fights for the 211 Dallas card, has to change his Twitter handle to T.P. Can't for the entire thing i still feel really good about that one (laughs) i'm gonna gonna take a lot of screenshots um i have had to let's see most recently do 100 burpees and videotape it for a canadian that was tough uh mostly physically and uh just the work um there's been some other there has been some facebook social media posts i had to write a letter about tom brady that i'm only halfway through so there you go so those are the type of bets that we do here. Emil, do you have one in mind? Don't say what it is if you do, but do you have a bet maybe in mind that you would like to wager with Kevin? Of course. Oh, Jesus, that was too easy. All right, we'll save that. Once we get done with the picks, we're going to bring up what it is. But right now, we're going to get back to work here on a women's strawweight match between Cynthia Salvio and Pearl Gonzalez. Kev? <laughs> Always tough. To go against anyone named Pearl. So I won't do yep. it. I assume that's her prison name by birth. I go with Pearl Gonzalez. I hope she has a sister named Diamond. Let's go to this oh, next so. one, though, for Emil. Emil, what do you got for us? To me, Pearl sounds like a 90-year-old woman from Garden City, <laughs> Long Island. That's sure. all I'm going to say on that matter. Um, easy pick, Cynthia okay cynthia it is the pick there uh let's do this the next fight is a lightweight bout between gregor gillespie and andrew holbrook what do you got for us emil i'm gonna go with holbrook because gillespie sounds like a gynecologist or something if you're asking me gillespie sounds like he's supposed to be playing jazz instead of fighting somewhere but that's just what i know kev what do you got for us 
Uh, I know Holbrook does only has like a tiny forearm tattoo, but the gift Gillespie has a whole rooster thing going on. Uh, I'm going to take, I'm joining you guys. I'm going to go with Holbrook. I don't like the, the way Gillespie's, he's got a cross on his arm. I'm not interested, Raph. Interesting. Which way wow. is the cross facing? Is it facing the wrong way? No. It's, it's always best. It's facing the right way. It's facing <laughs> Christ's way. It's facing Christ's way. <laughs> it's the only way to do it. All right. We're at the final match of the evening. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put 30 seconds on the clock. And I need to say this before I go any further. Don't I'm either of you about this fight? curse. No, you don't need to say that. Don't either of you curse this fight from happening. Okay. I am saying that to you now because the last time I believe it was Daniel Cormier who came down with a case of Thanksgiving, a.k.a. Back <laughs> yep. Yeah, you got Thanksgiving and it just bled into Christmas is the diagnosis. Yep. Yep. And then we had to call this thing off and then we were wondering if it was going to happen. So let's let's land this plane home. I'm going to go ahead and put 30 seconds on the clock for Kevin to tell us who and why. Couldn't be taking Anthony Rumble. Daniel Cormier. Hold on. And Anthony oh, Rumble. Jumped. I didn't say the names. And go. I was just, you and I were right there. That's what happens when mm. you work together and develop Absolutely. a friendship. Anthony mm. Rumble Johnson is my choice. I even feel like DC has spent the last three or four fights wishing he had fought somebody a few fights ago. Uh, Anthony Johnson's another one of those people where it's like, I'm glad you beat him when you did because he looks like he's going to murder the next person he fights. This is easy for me. Okay. Emil, what do you got for us? 30 seconds on the clock for you. I think uh, DC does it again. I think that no one has stopped DC up until now. I don't think it's going to start with Anthony Johnson. Um, I think Johnson's going to come out swinging. And like Kevin, he's going to fizzle out, and it's going to be pathetic and hilarious. <laughs> Thank you for the comment about it being hilarious, though. That's Hold on. I, what I, yeah, that's really for. the most important thing. <laughs> we always say if we're going to die, you better telecast it. You better get fun. a good rating. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, just, a, just a little tip here. When talking shit and saying that you hope someone fizzles out, it's best to do the delivery where your own delivery doesn't fizzle out by the end of the joke. Well, I mean, the honest to God truth is that I was just trying to give you the kind of joke that you deserve. Well, Raph, you also confused him by saying little tip. He's used to those words just in very different contexts before the preface. <laughs> I mean, you know, bro or not shower. <laughs> yeah, okay, good, good to know. I was like, the best part is, I was like, there's no way he gets to come back from this where he's just like, well, uh, actually is like no but we're, we're, we're done here we're, we're good well guys before we close up shot and get to the uh bet i do want to bring up we usually have tiebreakers and the tiebreakers are uh the fight of the night and the performances of the night they used to be submission knockout of the night that's not the case anymore so that we say pick two performances of the night by individuals and then who you think the fight of the night will be kevin i'm gonna have you lead off on that yeah i'm gonna mm -hmm quickly declare rumble as a performance of the night yeah i'm gonna follow up with a very solid musasi and then i'm coming all the way back to our early usman strickland as my fight of the night wow well if you pick that i think you would be the only person 
just have seen that coming, Kevin. So people are gripping the steering this. wheel. They are white knuckling it. No one knows where this is headed. Don't say white knuckling it. All right, Emil, what do you got for us? I think Will Brooks versus Charles Oliveira is going to be a barn burner. I think that DC versus Anthony Johnson is going to be very entertaining and will likely get a performance of the night. And then for fight of the night. Hold on, hold on, hold on. on. uh, I'm confused here because you just named two fights as opposed to fighters on those. So who would be the fighter in those? Oh, performance of the night's not for both. uh, They can can be, but it is a a strategy I would not recommend. They usually give it to one person from the fight. Okay. Well, in that case, I'm going to go with DC. Okay. And I'm going to go with uh, Charles Oliveira using my picks for winners in those two fights. And then for fight of the night, I'm going to go ahead and go with... uh, Pearl versus Cynthia. Pearl versus Cynthia. You're really betting on that old uh, Long Islander over there that you were talking about I think earlier. She, I think I think that she's going to give her to business. I think I think there's going <laughs> to be there's going to be uh, wow. You know, she, she's going she's going to go talk to her mother. Wow, and, <laughs> that's amazing. Well, listen here, her hair curler, hair curlers. <laughs> You've really seen that joke through in your head. You're like Raph. Oh, she lives a good life, too. She has three grandchildren. She really gets around. She loves her grandkids. Don't get her wrong. Exactly. Uh, Emil, exactly. you were so confident on what the bet was. Kev, are you nervous about what he's about to suggest here? Yes. Okay. There was a lot of confidence to that. But I'm intrigued to hear what it is. So we always defer to the guests to go ahead and lead off. What is your suggestion for the bet here, Emil? I think that the individual who loses the bet should have to find a pair of the most ridiculous-looking grappling staffs they can get their hands on and should film a rolling session with their instructor. I accept. (laughs) That's fucking spectacular. Hold on. Time out on here, though, Kevin. I want to find these spats. I and no, 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 Kev, Kev. Oh, I'll probably I win. Have... That's right. No, 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 no. I have, I have some insider information here. Okay, that he already has a pretty bizarre spats collection. Absolutely. Yeah. This is. I may have to do a point of order here because define crazy looking grappling spats, and you Ridiculous. may find one. Emil Fisher at the top of that definition. Which, Raph, if I may, because he seems like Mm -hmm. he kind of likes a challenge, Mm -hmm. doesn't that potentially mean he'll elevate his game even crazier? I Honestly, Emil, true or false, have you rolled with donuts as part of your spats? If I I could find such a thing... However, um, my sponsor, Pony Club Grappling Gear, um, does not have anything yet with donuts on it. I swear to God, I have seen you wear unicorns. I have seen you wear multicolder, light bright nonsense. Like, you are a walking billboard for a child to go nuts with a paint set. 
So, Kevin, having known that knowledge, does yeah. that still appease to you or would you like to amend it in some way? So allow me to amend it in some way. I feel like okay. um, I'm willing to divest some podcast funds into <laughs> no. a potential Amazon purchase. So I'll send him his. Ooh, oh, that's good. Sold. Boom. These are going. These are. Disc- I'm in the women's section, obviously. I'll go plus size, but uh, I just. I'm you, looking you, better, at, you better. I'm actually a fuller figure seller. Well, I just. Too, the way yeah, I'm looking at this is we're about the same. Did Abiel just come on the show to get a potential free rash guard that we would think looks terrible, but he's like, <laughs> oh, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Am I right? Maybe. Wow. You so never know. We think. You know. We said that. Well. Kevin, when you say diversity podcast funds, we'll have to have a serious audit. <laughs> I was like, no one agreed to that. So angry about that, but all right, all right, we'll we'll, we'll get it because I know I know the kid will a use them and b uh, definitely uh, social media the shit out of it and vice versa. Emil, I'm actually more interested to see what you would pick for Kevin. Oh god, because my instructor oof. will murder me if I wear asshole tights on the way in. It's just uh, he won't. Well, I get I, I get the I get the pick. I get the pick. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying it should re- be reciprocal in that way. So you would have to. Oh yeah, no, no, that's fair. That's fair enough. All right. Interestingly done here. All right. Well, let's do this, Emil. It's been fascinating talking with you. What we always do is invite uh, our guest who comes on the week previewing it to return after the fights. So would you be up for coming back on the show after the fights are next week? Of course. Absolutely. So go ahead and take a look at those guys. Uh, just to let you know, you can find Emil Fisher, Jiu-Jitsu Times, Jiu-Jitsu Magazine. He's basically writing articles all over the place. Look him up. It's pretty easy to do. You can also find all of his highlight reels and all of his stuff on his social media, which is where, Emil? Emil Fisher BJJ. That's E-M-I-L-F-I-S-C-H-E-R. PJJ. Really stretched yourself there. But, you know, the important thing is you always are so active and so uh, engaging and funny. We appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, can we get any last plugs for you before you get on out? Any sponsors you want to shout out? Well, yes, of course. I'd like to shout out to my sponsors, Gladiator Soap, Impact Mouthguards, Valor Fightwear USA, Pony Club, Gla- Pony Club Grappling Gear, and the original Amy Joy Donuts as well as my teammates from Strong Style MMA in Cleveland, Ohio. I was about to say, it's always nice when you can kind of trace both the jiu-jitsu lineage and the crazy apparel lineage. And when I see you with Sean, I just look and go, well, that makes sense. Oh, Sean Sean is a dear, dear friend of mine. Have you ever trained with him? I've never had the honor of training with him. But uh, it's one of by the most all accounts, painful and, and, and baffling experiences I've ever had. I will say this. I'm always weary of the people who like whenever we do our pro wrestling moves. If they like the moves too much that seem like they're both legitimate and cause a high amount of pain and they consistently like those moves. I always wonder, you know, better. You do that to people, don't you, Sean? Yeah. Sean is a huge yeah, fan Sean's- of those videos. Sean, Sean's policy in life is always do damage, mm. at least when he rolls, and and it just every time I roll with him, very physically painful experience. 
Well, give him our best and remind him that um, if he ever makes his way out to train with me, I just I don't know how to do jujitsu. I I forgot. I had a weird concussion. I don't actually hey, train hey, neither, anymore. Neither does, neither does he. Neither does he. He's more of a catch wrestler and a shingle. Yeah. So, whereas jujitsu is all about like flowing and you know the gentle art. He's more like I'm going to take my elbow. I'm going to put it right here. You feel that? Yeah, that, 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 that's your phone's breaking. <laughs> I mean, let's put it this way. The minute he does that, I'm grabbing every foreign object near me because catch wrestling is essentially pro wrestling to me. So that's where I start to come in and I'm tagging out to people and that's, that's exactly what's happening. But no, Sean is, is good people. And, uh, I want to go ahead and send a big shout out to him as well. He's a, a fan and friend of the podcast. So we are very you happy. Do very happy that you get to train with them and you're lucky enough to train with them. So, all right, Emil, well, we're going to get you on out of here for this week. Thank you so much for stopping in. We look forward to catching up with you next week to find out how these picks went. Thank you for having me on. Raph, I think I'm about to move this train into just a straight East coast to West coast winning direction. That's what it feels like. It feels like I just needed a little change of locale. I'm I'm 500 at worst, best. Who remembers the numbers? Mm, feeling strong not. this week. Feeling strong whenever the last UFC was. I'm ready. I'm ready. And I'm not excited about the fights. I want to reiterate that. That's really not an important note here. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess the the general consensus is is there a fight this weekend it is fun when i throw out the reiterating my notes and you're like no one needed you didn't need to say it once so <laughs> underline it so <laughs> uh yeah there has been a, a shocking lack of remembrance that uh, first of all you know march madness is concluding and i think that would be news to a lot of people tonight uh let alone that the ufc 210 is back in action we're, we're just going to swing through it's going to be the year of is there a UFC fight this week? Because there is. And 210 yeah. is So 210 is upon us. So, so get excited for that. Thanks to Emil for stopping by. That was a lot of fun. And thanks to The Undertaker for you know, fucking 27 years of glory. 27 years, guys. 27. Just, you know, if you want to hit me up with your favorite Undertaker moment, just hit me. Just hit me up on social media. Let me know. Because... Uh, I think we're going to be getting through it together, guys, because here's what's going to happen. We need to mentally prepare ourselves for next year when it is WrestleMania time and there's no Undertaker. So let's let's get it out of our system now. Hey, can I ask a question? And maybe this is blasphemy. Uh, mm -hmm. I can't turn on Hollywood anything without seeing my 47th remake. Right. Uh, they're trying to make Training Day a show. Got sure. Lethal they Weapon, did. whatever. There's like 17 they movies, did. and they were like, oh, we need to make this a weekly thing without Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. So mm -hmm. is there any – this is crazy, obviously, but we're not going to see like a 22-year-old version who's like 6'8", and he's called like, you know, what's another name for people? Mortuary Man? We need to work on the name. <laughs> sure. Well, they already have Kane, and Kane is the brother of the Kane's Undertaker. also like so 98. Yeah, Kane is sure. was born. But you're asking, are they going to do like a X23, like a new Wolverine, younger Wolverine kind of a thing? Yeah. Or are they going to just recast The Undertaker? I don't know, because I'll let you know this, Kev, and I really didn't talk about this. They left the hat and the trench coat. Real talk. 
in that ring as they were dismantling it. Like they couldn't bring themselves to take it out. Well, that's again a lot of layers. This is like going to be a beautiful documentary cut. I'm going to see on thirty for thirty in five years. Like, I called that. We that said when we, people are quietly saying they were crying, it wasn't a full grown like oh my god, but it was definitely a lot of people looking up. And respectfully, not fucking with each other and saying like, "Yo, this is a sad moment. Let's 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 all take it in together." It obviously wasn't as traumatic as something like him losing. That would that would break. Hey, people the first time, and let's put this out there: Brock Lesnar actually softened the blow because if Roman Reigns had done the impossible of breaking the streak when it was still a streak, and then the Undertaker retired, which I think most people would have been cool, but just not Roman Reigns. I think it would have destroyed his career potentially. Like isn't, people would have never forgiven him. Isn't Roman Reigns also like next in line to take over? I mean, he already took over his look, right? He's not as big as him, but that's the look. <laughs> well, the fact that you're speaking very uh, confidently about how Roman Reigns looks I means Google. that you're a Googling <laughs> and B, trying to have a real conversation of like, well, ref, let, Let's just I'm ready to recast stupid. The Undertaker. I'm just trying to get your childhood back. That's all I'm trying to do here. There's a lot of people that are still crying about the loss. I'm in. I'm, uh, I'm going to try. Interesting. We'll see. We'll see, Kevin. I, I make no promises, but I feel Hawaiian good. Right guy now. from Lost doing. Uh, here's <laughs> what we know. It's been a fantastic week. We gave a bonus episode where we talked to one Rafael Hervot Jr., about his MMA transition, still being a grappler, which is one of our favorite things about him. We love these. I said that at the at class that I was like, I'm so glad we haven't lost Lovato. Like it's nice because we were talking about Uriah Faber facing one of the meows, and it was like this is gonna be fun. We lost Faber, who's probably like someone that could have grappled, uh, but just didn't give a shit to do both. And now he's grappling. It's amazing. It's great when they can do both. Uh, check that episode out. You can find anything else we're doing. You can find us on Instagram. You can find all these hilarious wrestling videos we're talking about on Facebook. You can leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It just helps people find us. You can convince a cousin that probably listens to podcasts. Offer to give a five-star review to one of their favorites. And don't scoff when they say it's a soap opera one. You know, whatever's weird, right? Enjoy your, Enjoy you. That's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. We're going to move into some... Shout outs. I'll start. Jubera is back with a vengeance after visiting some OKC. Um, we also got to get another, you know, some good Gavin lessons in. Uh, another one of our instructors, Coach Keith, is back, Raph. The guy who improved the shit out of my arm triangle game and Dars game. Nice. And he does some of the more impressive ones. Um, I do not. I'm a, I'm a pretty strict arm triangler. He will throw on some uh, some different variations with his legs. Fun to have the crew fighting back big class at Jubera this last few this last week. Trained out in KCBJJ last week. Don't know if I gave those savages the shout out they don't deserve, but got the holy shit beat out of me at eleven o'clock geek class. Got to fight uh, one Mister Bircher, and uh, tons of fun. Raf, it's always nice to have like a gym you can go to every. Much like you and I will meet every six months to a year to get this figured out. It's nice to have a place I can go train at in the Midwest. Sort of just uh, reminds me where I'm at. And gives me some, some indications. And, uh, that's that's, that's going to do it for me. That's amazing. Um, I want to go ahead and uh, start by shouting out our good friend Kenny Jewell, who put together a two-gi or not-two-gi event over the weekend. That was fantastic. Had a lot of fun. 
uh, covering that. You may see some interviews with me and many of the kids who were there. It was all purple belt, 16-man tournament in one section. And then in another section, you had black belts uh, basically getting the chance to do a round robin. So you had some names like Steven Martinez, Dom Hoskins, Jeff Real, and uh, Yago Espanola. So on the other side, I mean, we got to check in with our good friend uh, Chelsea Leah, who is awesome and is moving to the UK, unfortunately, with her fiance, the mighty Tom Barlow, who we love. So, But she was telling me, she's like, I'll be back. And I'm like, I know, but we like you. And it sucks when we don't see you. So good catching up with her. A bunch of other people. Look out for that. It is Kenny Jewell uh, getting run into a whole bunch of people. So uh, saying hello to our good friend Octavio, who did some work out that way. Also saying hello to uh, Brian Lopez and Sean Magami and Megan Parshuto. So a lot of good people to see. But I have to say a big acknowledgement to my sister who was helping do photos with me. And we've got some awesome photos that we will get up the second we have the opportunity to. So look out for those coming up. That is to gi or not to gi. And it is the brown, baddest brown format that we all loved, which is you flip the coin and you find out if you're going gi or no gi, which I am a huge proponent cool. of. I think more yeah. gyms need to fucking do that because it's I awesome. would 100% be in on it. It's uh, crazy anyway. too. Oh, yeah, because you don't know what you're prepping for. And some of the guys that you look at, they may not tell you, Kev, but they have a preference. So you'll be like, hey, do you have a preference? We're like, no. And you look at them and you're like, you want the gay. I know you do. <laughs> so that's that's that side. Um, I also want to go ahead and shout out the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. LA Jiu-Jitsu. And all the great stuff that we've got going on over that way. We're getting ready for ADCC for our good friend, Eric Medina. We've got a lot of stuff coming. Uh, again, I know I mentioned maybe some shirts, but... I can't confirm or deny it. I may be in a photo with one very soon. I won't confirm or deny anything. So there's that. On the other side, I want to go ahead and shout out Valley Martial Arts Center. Be back. Very nice moment over the weekend. I got the opportunity on Friday to go ahead and teach my very first class. And uh, they were stupid enough to let me do it. And I thought it was very nice that they did. So it to everybody, it, it went very well. What did you teach? Fine, I taught passing. And a very particular style of passing that may or may not resemble Rafael Lovato Jr.'s, but Badass. probably doesn't. Anyway, it was nice. It was very cool of them to let me do that, and I was glad to fill in for our man Hassan, who was just out on, I think, vacation for a short time, so I was happy to do it, and uh, yeah, it was very nice to be able to, to help the, the new kids out and uh, show them some good stuff. One of the kids actually used the pass on me, and I was like, mm, this is what teaching feels like, so... Uh, it was very nice and, uh, I just couldn't be happier that I got to do it. So there it is. And I think my friend, in addition to that and everybody who sent in the WWE BJJ stuff and my good friend, uh, Chris Gagne, he came over to watch some really hilarious, uh, WrestleMania moments with me as well. I am done for today. That will do it for us tonight. A verbal tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight. Thank you.